Welcome to the Career Medis Podcast. I'm your host, Nassar Ahmed. I'm also the founder and editor of the blog, uh, careermedis.com. And for the podcast, this is episode number 57. And this particular episode is part of the A Day in the Life of series. Uh, in the past, as you have heard, in each of these episodes, I've, I conduct interviews with individuals from a particular line of profession, particular career. And goal of these episodes are uh, for the listeners to get an inside scoop, an inside depth, understanding of that particular job or industry. And for today's episode, I think this is timely, uh, keeping in line with what's happening on the news. I'm speaking with someone who works in the renewable energy, particularly the solar industry. I read an article on Business Insider recently that jobs in the solar industry are growing 12 times faster than the U.S. economy. So this is timely. Uh, I'm not going to mention, talk about politics in this interview, but everybody knows what's happening this week in terms of environments, energy, etc. So to do, I'm going to stick to the script here and talk about solar industry. And our guest today, uh, his name is Andrew Young. Andrew works in the solar industry. He's an account manager based out of Toronto, and I'm sure he'll share more about his position, his experience, uh, where he stands today, some of the challenges of the industry, some of the things that he considers the benefits, and so on. Hey, Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Hi, sir. Thanks for having me. Well, the first question I always ask my guests uh, is, where are they calling from? I am right now in uh, my place in uh, Toronto. All right. I've had a few guests uh, from Toronto. I personally am from Toronto as well. What is something that you consider is like a, uh, something interesting about Toronto that most people do not know unless they've visited or lived here? To be honest, I guess, like this is, you know, I just came back from the farmer's market and just the amount of green space that we have in this city is fantastic. Like I love how we have just parks everywhere and some really big parks. Like last weekend, I went for a walk in, uh, in Sherwood Park. It's in uh, sort of Lawrence Park. Uh, it goes down into the, uh, into the Don Valley River. And I mean, you're just, you feel like you're in the middle of the forest and you're in the middle of the city. So I really like the amount of green space and park space that we do have. Absolutely. And this is something I've said in, in earlier interviews. Toronto is one of the best places you can be in the summer. And as we are doing this, we are just approaching summer. So perfect time for those listening. If you're in Toronto, if you visit Toronto, go check out the green spaces. And actually, it's funny we talk about green spaces because that is going to be the interview today. Um, so I don't want to keep talking here, Andrew. Maybe you can start off by telling us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess you mentioned I'm like currently I'm an account manager for a renewable energy company, but uh, you know I've been in sales now for uh, a number of years. Uh, I've owned a business with uh, my mother previous to career in sales, and yeah, just I've been I guess seeking what is right for me for a long time, and come in, and with this I guess renewable energy push globally. Uh, I really sort of have found my place and I'm really comfortable and, and happy where I'm at. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely a bit of a, 
environmentalist hippie in many ways. So <laughs> I feel right at home. So I'm, I'm curious because you said you started off in sales. Now you have found yourself in the renewable energy industry, specifically solar. How did you, how did you get involved in the industry? How did, uh, how did that transformation or the path happen? Kind of uh, a little bit by chance, but I was at a place where I was working for, you know, I was in a job that I think anybody would be envious of, you know, a really sort of high level sales job in the orthodontic business of all places. I still don't quite know how I ended up there, but, and it just got to the point where it's like, you know, I don't really like what I'm doing or I have no passion or care for what I'm doing. And I need to, I wanted to then seek out something that would be interesting to me and something I could get really behind because, uh, you know, as your career is a big part of your life. And I didn't feel like I was, uh, I was a part of my career, if that kind of makes sense. So I then changed jobs to uh, another job that was a little like had, had that sort of that green aspect to it, um, with an industrial cleaning company that, you know, focused on this technology that didn't use detergents and only used, uh, like electrolysis and just water basically and salt to clean floors. And I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. I can get behind this. And then I was just like, you know, what? it's just not enough. Um, it's, it's not there enough. So I decided to, uh, the last six months of that job, I was sort of looking what else is out there? What else is out there? And I stumbled across solar sales job. It was fully commissioned, you know, sort of door to door. And I was like, you know what, if I'm going to, change jobs and change careers. Like I've got to take that leap and I've got to take that, that, that risk. Um, so I quit that job and jumped right into renewables and it was very, uh, very challenging. Uh, cause I was always a, essentially a B2B sales guy. And this was directly going from B2B to B2C, uh, business to consumer. And yeah, it was a whole new ball game, but, uh, I quite liked it. Uh, it was good atmosphere, good team, good products. And, you know, then things kind of changed a little bit. So I had to sort of pivot and find something a little bit more, um, so something with a little bit uh, more stable of an organization. You know, then I, uh, you know, a few months thereafter, I found a work at a company I'm currently at. And I am pretty new at it, uh, this job, but uh, in it about three and a half, four months. But uh, I'm absolutely loving it. I, I, see, uh, I see a long career with this company. So I'm, I'm curious, what does a day-to-day look like uh, for someone in your position? Oh, my day-to-day is, I'll usually go into the office around, I don't know, 8.40, check my emails, because uh, everybody, like the industry that I'm in, very much in the construction, <laughs> you know, engineering, architecture firms, dealing with all these types of people. So you can get emails at who knows what hours. Um, so I always go in and check my emails, respond to them as quickly as I can. Then typically, you know, people inquire about the product, uh, and you know, then I find out what they need it for. Um, and then I basically build proposals, send them out, uh, go, go over them, find out it, will this work? Let me see some uh, you know, engineering drawings, architectural drawings, uh, because the product that I sell is, uh, well, I guess it's called solar wall. So it's designed to preheat outdoor air to reduce natural gas costs in the wintertime. So it's very much 
an engineered system. Uh, so there's a lot of back and forth that has to go on. And then, yeah, some deals are at the very beginning. So it's sort of very conceptual. Architects want to build this building and they want to incorporate you know, a solar wall. Other times it's at the end. So like a, a tender package has already gone out. And now the winning uh, bidder of that tender package we have to connect with to you know get a PO and find out how this is going to get installed and when it's going to happen and, and deal with all those uh, those hurdles in the way. So it's a it's a very full, well-rounded position. And uh, at many times, it's not just account management, it's sort of like project management. So uh, taking sort of complete hold of that project and fitting all the pieces together so that we make life easier for the contractor, then, you know, they're more likely to use us again in the future. Sounds good. So it seems like um, uh, uh, they reach out to you, uh, someone already has a vision, and they, you help them to execute that vision in terms of building out that uh, building with all the solar cores and all that. Is that is that correct? Did I understand that correctly? Yeah, like the, it's the the company and the product itself has been around for so long that we get calls all the time for projects. And hey, can you do this? Can you do that? I know you've been on this school or on that building. We would like to incorporate that as a part of our vision to sell it to builder, the owner, or whatever. Um, so yeah, we really just help people out as much as, uh, as much as we can. It's, it's really about, you know, 80% of all of my activity comes to me. So that's, I'm very lucky in, in that sense. And that's really 20% of the time I'm trying to like, you know, reach out and, and, and sell the product to, to people that, you know, maybe they don't even know that, that they need it. And do you think that is happening because the um, solar has gone mainstream compared to five years ago where it was the cool new thing? Now, almost every day you open the news, there is some type of changes, positive changes happening in solar and renewable energy. Yeah, it's very, very much connected to that. Uh, like we are seeing, especially in Ontario, we are seeing a tremendous amount of interest. Part of it is, you know, costs are getting more expensive, um, doing things the old traditional way. But one of the huge benefits is, especially for a system like ours that reduces carbon emissions, is there's that whole cap and trade program um, in Ontario. So all this money that Ontario government has been collecting since you know January 1st, they have to now spend that money. So there's so many funding programs available for companies to reduce their carbon emissions. And if they are going to institute a system like ours, there's a lot of funding to help them do that. And now all of a sudden your ROI is very attractive. So it just like, it becomes a, a, a win, win, win scenario for, for everybody. And that's kind of where everything's going. It's where we're giving funding to organizations and people that are moving in a direction that is going to benefit society and themselves as a whole and funding it through you know polluting practices okay so it does sound promising is what i'm hearing is you have the government involvement for example in the u.s california is known for that for many years ontario globally if you look at europe uh, asia there's a lot of encouragement uh, from the, uh, the public sector there's also a lot of private investments a lot of people are going through so it's very encouraging to hear that and even I mentioned at the beginning of this interview that 
there was an article that tested that solar industry jobs is growing 12 times faster than the U.S. economy, which is which is amazing. So it's one of the fastest growing careers right now. Oh, yeah, it's 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 huge. And I mean, the U.S. is a great example of what can be done. Like a large majority of all of these all of this growth is actually from, you know, one state, California. And it's it's quite impressive how much jobs and how much money has been added to the economy through just one state. Now imagine all the states start to move in this direction. So many more people can be employed, so much more clean energy you know, instituted. Like it's it's a really fantastic industry to get into because there's really no there's no way to really lose in it. You know, you create you create your own power, you save money, you know, jobs are created, you're not polluting. What is the downside of something like this? There, there, I can't, I can't see any. No, that's definitely very encouraging. It's, it's becoming more mainstream, as I said. So, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions uh, about the role itself. Going back, what do you enjoy most about what you do, Andrew? What do I enjoy most about what I do? Oh my goodness, um, I like, I like talk. Like, I really like talking about it. Like, I really like expressing how helpful this is because it's it's not just the fact that you know somebody's getting a solar wall or somebody's getting you know solar on their house like specific to that person i'm so happy that i'm able to help that person but what happens after i help that person is really what makes me happy because now that company or that business or that person now starts to talk about it people start to see that this is happening and then that awareness starts to spread and spiral and you see this, you know, 12% job growth or you see this, you know, exponential growth in this field because people are more accepting of it. And when you start to see these things more and more and more, it becomes generally accepted. And now people are less standoffish about something because it's not new technology, it's it's technology and people are are, are doing it. So... Uh, that really makes me happy when I when I see people get really excited about it after they've done it and just seeing how it it, it spirals from there into something so so great and just educating people on what it actually is and and how it works and and you know there's a lot of myths about solar too there's a lot of myths about renewable energy that have been sort of dragged forward from you know decades ago. And a lot of that stuff might have been true back then, but it's just it's it's no longer true. And it's time to sort of uh, expand the awareness of what it is now. Um, so I really do enjoy talking about it, enjoy educating people about it. And, you know, I feel really, um, really good that I'm doing something that I feel is going to help society, the planet, people right now as well as into the future yeah when i you know waking up every day doing this type of a job uh yeah it just makes me so uh, so happy and I'm, I'm so grateful that i'm i'm able to be in this position so let me ask you the flip side now uh what, what do you think uh, actually what are some of the challenges that uh one will face uh, in your position yeah a lot of the challenges on the electricity side of things it's, uh, you know, it's really just that, uh, 
belief system or the or people's fear of of making that making that step that's really like the the main challenge is just getting people over that hump of, of realizing that hey you know if everything makes sense if the dollars and cents make sense if the environmental makes sense you know to just to just do it instead of staying in the complacent area where you're at when you know electricity prices are going up when fuel prices are going up you know all these incentives are pushing you in this direction for the betterment of yourself and and everything so there's that there's that struggle to really um get people understanding that you know you know, just to make that make that step, because uh, so many of my uh, clients on the electricity side of things, they were all like this. They were all, you know, oh my gosh, you know, it's a lot of money. You know, will this will this happen? Can I get this back? And then when they decide to, hey, pull the trigger, and you know, let's just do it. You know, you call them six months, a year later, and they're well, they just can't stop talking about it. So that's you know, so that's just the the difficulty um, on the electricity side of things. Now, on the more industrial solar wall heating side of things, yeah, it comes down to uh, sort of finances again. If it doesn't make financial sense, then it's a really hard sell. Um, sometimes people will just do it because even if it doesn't make sense, they'll just do it because it's a talking point for their building. You know, you're building a you know, $100 million hospital or something. And, you know, you throw a $100,000 solar wall up, you know, it's not cost wise, it's, it's really nothing, but wow, look what I get to talk about. But sometimes it's just, it just doesn't make financial sense. And, uh, we have to accept that. Or sometimes there's just not a good place to, to put it, unfortunately, and there's nothing we can do. Um, so yeah, it's really, uh, I mean, it goes back to financials really, because, the technology's tried, tested, and true, reliable. We all know that. So it's really the financial aspect that uh, that has to be taken into consideration, and that's where we're seeing such a a huge bump from, you know, the the government level with these initiatives that are helping people make the right choice by offering such incentives and funding. I want to touch base, Andrew, on a couple of things you said. One is finances, and the second is sense of pride. Um, so let me talk about finance very quickly. Is You're right. Like, for example, Tesla has been around since 2008, uh, even before the uh, recession started. The car mm-hmm. company Tesla, initially only the rich people bought it, right? Like it was a $70,000, $100,000 U.S. car. It's expensive. It's very expensive. So for people who are used to buying a $20,000, $30,000 car, it could not justify. But I think early this year or late last year, they are just releasing the next one version of the car, I believe it's the Model E, which is 30,000 US. So all of a sudden, the next car they're building and mass production, uh, it's it's becoming very affordable uh, because the, you know, you buy any other car, it's 30 to $40,000. So you're buying the same car, same price, and it is solar. And all of a sudden, the the uh, people lining up to buy, put deposit on that, is, it was amazing. I think they had billions of orders of commitments. Uh, for people and it's funny and that those cars won't be available to the purchasers until 2018 2019 that's how much uh, demand so the financials is a true point like it has to reach a point where people can think you know what it makes sense it's not five times what i expected the second thing is sense of pride you're right i mean uh, like for example i read a story about an airport in southern india kochi india as the city 
their entire airport is powered by solar. They've taken themselves completely about mm-hmm. outside the grid. And they're talking about it. It's everywhere. It's all over the news, right? So there's a sense of pride, like when a building and a commercial building does it, uh, they talk about it. Uh, they Like Apple uh, d- uh, recently decided to invest in renewable, uh, so like a solar farm, to power all the data centers. And I think uh, Google's doing the same uh, yeah. the same sort of thing. It's uh, yeah, it's it, it's wonderful that that this is that this is happening. And that sense of pride, they keep talking about it, right? So that that there's a fine balance, and I think uh, things are moving along in a positive direction for you know for the industry and someone like you is working there as well. So some of yep. the challenges you mentioned eventually will become subsided. Uh, when everyone starts doing it in a few years. Yeah, and it's like, especially in this type of an industry, to understand the financial markets is, is and, and finance in general is, is, I think, very, very important to understand and grasp. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of what people are doing, and I saw this great documentary about off, off-grid people, and this guy said, like, you know, about renewable energy, because he's sort of completely off the grid, and he's just like, you know, it's not like I'm, you know, not paying for electricity. It's just, I decided to pay for, you know, 40 years of electricity up front at a discount. Like that's basically what, you know, what they're, what they're doing. And when people buy solar or buy renewable, you know, that's what they're really sort of doing. They're just getting a really discounted rate on electricity over the long term because they don't have those ongoing costs anymore. Uh, and a lot of people choose to, in, in the solar energy world, you know, finance it. Uh, interest rates are really low. Get, you know, most people who have solar have a house, so you can have a secure line of credit. And the payment for that system is much lower, you know, is much lower than your electricity bill. So uh, your savings is is right up front, right there. Your payback is quick. And yeah, it's, it's, it's having that kind of conversation as well and understanding how to address those is just as important as understanding the technology itself. Yeah, that's that sounds very, very exciting. Uh, so I wanted to shift gears into but the perspective of someone deciding to come into the industry. So well, how do you suggest uh, if someone wants to get started in the industry, what are, what are your recommendations? Oh, my. Um somebody wants to get started in, <laughs> in the industry. Um, I mean, it's, if you have a sales background, it makes things easier. Um, it makes things a lot easier because you know, you're coming in it with uh, value already. Um, it's just another product that you now have to learn and then you can, you can go about selling it. Uh, I would, I would say to do your research as to the type of company that you're, um, getting involved with, um, and really, really, uh, talk as much as you can with, um, you know, past employees or look online, although online can be difficult, um, to gauge because I know there's like glass door and reviews and stuff like that. But I mean, so often, uh, those can be skewed, um, you know, fake reports and all that. So it's really, it's really tough, but I would suggest, you know, just, just going about finding, okay, who's a past employee and just reaching out to them and saying, Hey, what was your experience like? Can you let me know? This is what I'm thinking. Um, that is, uh, definitely a piece of advice I would give for, uh, for the energy, uh, industry as, as a whole. Um, so yeah, sales background is definitely important, but you know, 
lot of people I see in this industry, funny enough, are, you know, engineers or people that have a you know degree in environmental studies have gone to work with maybe the government um, in like Parks Canada or, or something like that. But I mean, there's really no one path to get into the industry. It's really, you know, what do you want to do? And then do your research and figure out how you can achieve that. And, but be realistic, like know that, know, really know what you're getting into before you, you make that jump. Um, I didn't like, you know, I had an idea of what I was getting into, but at the same time, I didn't quite have that good an idea. So, um, it was a bit of a rough go, um, at the beginning, but you know, after being in the industry now for a few years, I'm, I'm in a much better position and, I wouldn't be here, you know, unless I made that jump, unless I made those stumbles. Uh, so yeah, just, it really comes down to just do your research. And if you want to get involved in renewables, um, figure out what it is that you want to, like how you want to be involved in it and, and just go for it. Uh, you know, there are companies out there in many different facets of renewables. I mean, there's racking companies, there's, you know, solar wall, there's, you know, there's all sorts of things. So it's really figure out what it is that you want to do, research it, and then if you're comfortable, do it. Sounds good. So uh, another question I have is, uh, if, uh, you mentioned it's based on you taking the initiative, redoing the research. Does someone need a degree or a certification? Um, you know, it always looks better when you do. Uh, that's, you know, that's just the way it is. I mean, I've got... Uh, I've got a business degree from Trent University. So that I feel hat does help in terms of interviews and, and my applications and, and my resume. So if you do have it, it, you know, it's just a, it's just an advantage. If you don't have it, you know, what, what else do you have? That's, that's valuable that you can, that you can really highlight what, you know, what do you do as a hobbies or what, what do you do in this frame of, you know, environmentalism or renewable energy or what can you look at to, to just say, Hey, I might not have this, but this is what I'm actually doing. This is the experience that I have. Um, and then, yeah, so it's, it does help. Absolutely. Um, but it's not by any means, uh, necessary. So I was when I said degree, I was thinking about is there any type of a degree or certifications for the solar industry? So sounds like there isn't, or it's not like so it's not mandatory. Is that it's correct? not mandatory as things progress in Ontario. I imagine um, Cancia, which is sort of like the overarching sort of a, a solar industry organization. Um, I'm sure things will, will progress in that way as, as, as it goes. Um, for me specifically in my current role, like I'm studying right now for a lead certificate, uh, leadership in environmental energy or environmental efficiency design. So, I mean that I don't need it. There are certificates and studying that you can do to help boost yourself. So just because you don't have a, you know, a degree in environmental studies, for example, you know, it doesn't mean you can't study and, and grab, you know, a lead certificate. And I mean, that will look really good when applying for a job, uh, in this sector. Absolutely. There's, a, there's definitely a lot of different, uh, certificates you can get to help boost your visibility and, 
and, and allow potential employers to say, Hey, you know what? This guy's done a lot. This girl's done a lot. You know, let's, uh, let's, let's give them a chance. That sounds great. So yeah, I mean, so what I'm hearing is LED. I've, I've heard about that. A lot of the buildings uh, in downtown Toronto, many of them are LED certified. It's becoming it's, more of a standard. And it helps to have them. Okay. Yeah. If you're, if you're building a new building, uh, you're pretty much doing it to, to lead silver standard. Um, very rarely are you going to see a building these days not built to that standard. It just doesn't make sense in the world that we live in. Um, and in, in the expectations of people in general. All right. So the next question I have is, uh, someone who's let, what does an ideal career path look like? Where, where can someone for someone getting started in the solar industry, where do you think it can take them? Where can, Oh my gosh, anywhere. Like, yeah, it, it, I mean, just like anything, what's your drive? What's your, what do you want out of it? Uh, and just, work to achieve it. I mean, the ideal path is, I mean, I don't even know if there is an ideal path. Like I've seen like myself, I have my path. I've seen people that have like one of my colleagues went to school and that, you know, went, got her, uh, masters of environmental studies, worked for parks, Canada, and then joined this company. Um, so that's definitely a path to go, um, in the more sort of academic, um, way in. But, you know, there's other people that just, you know, hounded, like my boss, for example, just, you know, said, you know, I want to do this. I'm, you know, I want a job at this place, you know, and did what he could do to get the job. And now, you know, he's a North America sales manager, right? It's just, what is, what are you going to do to achieve what you want to achieve? Uh, so there's really no ideal path. It's just, you know, just, just do it, just go for it. Um, be smart about it uh, and how you go about it. And if something's not working right, you know, don't give up, just change your methodology about it um, and just try a different way. And then if that doesn't work, you know, try a different way, but definitely don't give up on going after a job in this profession just because, you know, the first way didn't work. Um, it's a growing industry. Uh, there's going to be a lot of potential moving forward. The next you know, the next 30 years is going to be just, I'm, I'm very excited for it. <laughs> you know, I know that there's a lot of talk about the Paris climate accord uh, over this past week. Um, but that whole, you know, 2050 target to, to get our emissions down, there's a lot of people moving in that direction and availability of jobs and good paying jobs and good work is, is there. So, so definitely don't give up, keep, going at it any way you can. If you don't think you have the right skills or the right education uh, or the right degrees, I mean, don't worry about it. What did, you know, what did I know? <laughs> what did I know before I, before I started, you know, very, I thought it was cool. That's pretty much what I knew. And, you know, I just kept at it because of my passion and that this is really what I felt my calling was. And now I'm in a really great position. Awesome. So Andrew, we are coming to the end of the interview here. And one concluding question or the last question I have is what advice will you give to someone who wants to get into the field? Oh, what advice? Um, I mean, it is a big field. You're looking at renewable energy. I mean, wow, there's a lot. You can always, uh, I guess, email me if they really want uh, uh, some advice or some ideas. I mean, there's, 
solar specifically I can help out with, but just, I guess find, yeah, just to get into it. That's, that's a tough one. I, I think I just mentioned it. Just, just start somewhere and just go for it. What do you want out of renewables? What do you want to do? Do you want to be in sales or do you want to be sort of sort of behind the scenes or, you know, project management? Like what about, what, what are your skills now and how can they transfer to this industry and then figure out how to do it? And the internet is a great source of information. Your podcast and your, uh, your website is, is amazing for helping people land the job. So I think first step is what do you want to do? Figure that out and then figure out how to get it through the vast amount of valuable information that can be found all over the website uh, or all over the internet. Yes. And just call, call people, call old employees and just go for it. There's really no bad way to, to start. Just start. Well, thanks for that, Andrew. And of course, thank you for the shout out to careermedis.com. I always love that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's solid advice. Uh, decide what you want to do and then you know, find the resources and get started. Uh, Andrew, it was a pleasure to have you. If you can give, share, thanks for giving us a glimpse into the solar industry. Uh, it, it was, as I mentioned, it is a pleasure to have you as a guest. Oh, thank you, Nassar. Uh, really happy to be able to uh, share what I can. Um, I always find as soon as I get talking about it, and the industry, just like, wow, we didn't even scratch the surface as, as to what I could uh, talk about. Um, so, but thank you for having me um, and letting me share what I do have to share about this topic. So, yeah, thank you so much. You are welcome, Andrew. Uh, thanks, folks, uh, for listening to this episode of the Career Medis podcast. Uh, as uh, I always do, I've written a brief summary of the interview with also some of the links and certification details that uh, Andrew has shared. If you enjoyed this episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a comment or a review. And if you really loved it, definitely go ahead and share this episode among your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmed, your host for the Career Medis Podcast. Thank you. 